words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I hope you don't mind uh, my speaking in tongues a little bit this morning. Uh, bonjour. Buenos dias. Boker tov. Svalcher. These are all uh, real languages, by the way. The last one was Arabic, and I always bone up on Arabic before a trip to Jerusalem, and I'm going now in July in just four weeks. You know, they speak both Hebrew and Arabic in the Holy Land, and years ago, I thought I'd work on Arabic, as most Christians uh, in the Holy Land speak Arabic, because, you know, I like to connect with people. And nothing connects like speaking to someone in their own native tongue. So I'm not fluent or anything. I know uh, just enough to either get in trouble or, or bring a smile to somebody's face, and it usually works. You know, the door opens up when you speak to somebody in their own language. And that's what's going on with the whole speaking in tongues phenomenon in Acts, in the, on the day of Pentecost. You know, there are other things about speaking in tongues. First Corinthians may be about a kind of, you know, made-up, spiritual, ecstatic glossolalia practiced by some Christians today. You know, a prayer language, and that's all okay. But here, the apostles are speaking in real languages. They are given a supernatural ability by the Holy Spirit to connect with all of these Jewish people gathered from around the world to Jerusalem in order to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. Pentecost, you see, is an Old Testament holiday. On one hand, it's a celebration of the first fruits at the beginning of the wheat harvest. You know, you offer God a sacrifice before it all comes in, giving thanks that it's all going to come in. And then it's also a celebration of the giving of the law. So, 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Pent... Uh, sorry, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Exodus event, right? That's where Moses goes up on Mount Sinai. He comes down with the law, gives it to the people. Happens 50 days after they make the Exodus, and Pentecost means 50. So, there are devout Jews gathered from all over the Mediterranean, Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, Phrygia, Pamphylia, and Rome. And they come to Jerusalem because that's where God lives, right? Jerusalem is God's address. They go to worship him as he resides in the temple. This was the place to experience the presence of God and to celebrate a holiday as important as Pentecost. Well, it's also 50 days since Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. And now it's time for the apostles to stop playing it safe, you know? They're filled with the Holy Spirit with courage and power and they hit the streets and they are speaking actual languages to reach actual people. Latin for those in Rome, right? Persian for those who live in Mesopotamia. 
And they're telling them that this Christ who died was not an accident. That throughout the scriptures, God had preordained that the Messiah should suffer and should die for the sins of the people and should be raised back to life for our justification. So the message goes out and meets people where they are. On one hand, the miracle is that these uneducated disciples of Jesus from backwater Galilee, you know, like Texarkana or something, they are all speaking in these languages that they didn't study in college. But behind that little miracle is a bigger miracle. And the miracle is this, that the presence of God, which had previously resided in a building, confined to the temple, had now burst the bounds of that edifice, and it's now spilling into the streets where real people live and work and have families. Or to put it another way, God has left the building. He's no longer waiting for the super devout to come and worship him in a big stone building. He's going out to them. He is meeting people in languages that they understand. He's filling their hearts and lives instead of a structure. And in so doing, he's breaking down all these walls that human beings put up. Right? This is where we worship God, and this is where we work. This is sacred. This is secular. This is heaven. This is earth. This is human. This is divine. It's all coming together so that God can be all in all. So here's the big idea I want to leave you with this Pentecost Sunday. It is the tendency for religious people, for Christian people, to compartmentalize, to divide things up. You know, this is where I worship. This is where I work. What if your work was also a kind of worship? I mean, what if you really thought about the gifts that you have, the job that you've been given as a divine appointment, a divine vocation, that you are there, that God has you there with gifts to glorify him, just like you glorify him on a Sunday morning, and that there are people around whose language you speak, and you can minister to them wherever you are. And that's a whole lot more than uh, the one hour you're here. That's 40 to 50 or 60 hours a week for you working folks. Or, here's a way we compartmentalize, we say, I have my devotional time in the morning, and then the rest of the day, it's all up to me. Now, we don't really say that, but we probably believe it more than we would admit. But what if prayer was really an ongoing reality, an ongoing conversation with God through all the moments of our lives? What if what happened to the apostles at Pentecost is true about you and me, that God is closer to us than our own breath, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit, that prayer can happen wherever we are, not the building that we are in, and that that inner witness of the Holy Spirit can actually lead and guide as we have a conversation with the Holy Spirit 
through every minute, through every second, every moment that we live and breathe. Or we compartmentalize our lives to say, here's a safe place where I can talk about God, you know, like in church, or at brunch after the church, you know, that's a good place to pick apart the sermon, so I hear. Or, you know, maybe you talk about God in your Bible study. But then, you know, there are definitely places where it's uncool or unsafe to talk about God. You know, that could be a temptation for priests, too. Last summer, I was uh, in Manhattan for the weekend on vacation. Peter was off with a friend, and uh, I was uh, walking to Central Park about mid-morning. And, well, it was hot, and, you know, I thought a beer sounded good. So I stopped by a local pub, and um, there were a couple of New Yorkers there who were chatterboxes, well lubed with what I quickly surmised to be a whole lot of drinking that morning. Talk about 9 o'clock in the morning? These were not apostles, my friends. And so they start making conversation with the new person who walks in. I think these guys probably paid rent at this uh, establishment. They see somebody new and they want to know who I am. What do I do for a living? And I consider all my options, right? I'm on vacation. I'm a banker. <laughs> I'm a taxidermist. I say I'm an Episcopal priest. Hey, Larry! This guy over here is a priest. And all of a sudden, these two guys are on me, telling me the problems, the gripes they have with institutional religion, all that stuff. But the Holy Spirit is with me. The Spirit is in me. And all of a sudden, I have these words that come to mind. And so, you know, I listen and I say, Taylor, Taylor was Larry's friend. You know, stuff you say about religion, yeah, I, 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 I see a lot of uh, uh, organized and disorganized religion. That's true. But here's what I really know. I know this. I know that God loves you so much. He really didn't want to hear that. He said, shut up. Don't say that. Shut up. Well, he actually said, he, he used some New York language. He spoke, the, he spoke a New York dialect. That actually involves words that I really should not say in this building. So I met him in his language. I said, you shut up. You know what? God loves you immensely. And here's the thing, man. There's nothing you can do about that. And uh, next thing I know, he's hugging me. And he's crying. And he and Larry are inviting me to a Mets game. And I politely declined because I'm on vacation and I want to go to Central Park. But the point is this. I've got to compartmentalize, right? Today is not my day in the pulpit. I'm going to take a little vacation speaking for God. Or maybe the church is wherever I go because the Holy Spirit fills my life. And here are two needy souls who need to know the love of Christ. And maybe if I'm open and available and a little risky, you know, I had a little chutzpah that day. Maybe there's a word that will get through. 
The point is this, on Pentecost, we remember that God is not sitting around waiting for people to come to him, to a temple or to a church. God has left the building, and he is inside you, and he is inside me, in order to reach people where they are, where they live. And every one of us can speak in tongues. I'm not talking about Arabic or New Yorkese. Speaking the language of real people in real situations. Maybe you speak finance. Maybe that's your world. And you can communicate to people in that world in a special way. Maybe you speak, I don't know, IT. Or maybe you speak grandchildren. How many of you guys like to talk about your grandchildren? I bet you there are other people who want to talk about their grandchildren with you. Or maybe you speak education or law or a thousand other languages that people who live in Dallas speak. Maybe that is all by God's providence. And maybe the biggest Pentecostal miracle is that if you believe and you are baptized, God is inside you and can speak in those languages to everybody you are in contact with. And maybe it just takes an open heart and an open mind and just a little bit of courage to express the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. To recognize that there are people who are hurting or are desperate or need some purpose in their lives. Maybe somebody who needs a meal and if you're listening to the Holy Spirit and the promptings of the Spirit inside you, you will find yourself saying stuff and doing stuff and moving in ways that God needs people to move in our world. God has left the building, but he's in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.